How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Bishop Dykewood Mills. Dykewood Mills is the founder of the Lighthouse Chapel International, a denomination with over 2,000 branches worldwide. He is a healing evangelist and the author of several best-selling books. He is also the pastor of the First Love Church, a campus ministry with over 200 branches. The First Love Church is a vibrant church with young, energetic people, full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Hewitt Mills. That draws us to Lord, I thirst for you. Lord, I thirst for you. And I long, and I long to be in your presence. My soul will wait on you. Father, you draw me nearer. Father, draw me nearer. You draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. To the beauty. To the beauty of your holy name. One more time. One more time. One more time. Lord, I thirst for you. Lord, I thirst for you. Why do you thirst for the Lord? Come on, tell him. And I long to be in your presence. And my soul, my soul will wait on you. Won't you stretch your hands and draw me near? There's this one that says, You came from heaven to earth to show the way. Come on, lift your voice from the earth to the cross. Will you lift your hands to them most high? Come on, tell him from the cross to the grave. Yes, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift Lord, I lift your name. On high. You came, you came, you came. You came from heaven to earth. To show, to show the way. And from the earth to the cross. Come on. My debt to pay. Sing it to the Lord. From the cross to the grave. 
Yes. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. And now, let's raise our hands one more time to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. We just sang a song that said, Father, draw us closer. Among the congregation, draw us close to you. If you want to just say, Lord, in the midst of everybody, I want you to pull me to your side. Just pull me to your side. Just pull me to your side. Just draw me close to you. Just draw me close to you. Draw me close to you for your service. Draw me close to you to know you. That I may know you. That I may know you. That I may be close to you. Oh God, grant us the nearness to you. Because the nearness to you is our good Lord. Lift your voice. Lift your hands. Come on. Lemba ramba shonda bakaya. Ribata sonda la bayakaya. Shibarando le rebe kosha ya nara la baya. Mandesando la baya nara baba. Rima mama ya shando la baya. You are standing in front of your maker. Raise your voice, raise your hands. Pour out your hands unto him. Oh, mamba ramba, shamba ramba, kesa mamba, ramba lijo maraba, kasando rabayata, dizazide baradia, avaro baya shando rabakaya ba, remba rambo shando rabkasibaya. I step with the Lord. I walk with the Lord. I move with the Lord. I move with the Holy Spirit. I walk with the Holy Spirit. I move with the Holy Spirit. A direction from the Holy Spirit. The guidance from the Holy Spirit. We praise you. We thank you. And we worship you. For you've done it. And it's so great in our sight. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Come on. Worship His holy name. Tonight, here is what we have to tell Sing the Lord. Sing like never before. Oh my soul, oh my soul. I worship, I worship your holy Oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, I worship His holy name, and I will sing like never. One more time, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
for your service. Empower us for our ministry. Empower us for our Christian. Empower us for our living. Empower us for our lives. If you want the Lord to empower you, why don't you lift your hands to God right now? Lift your hands to God right now. And ask Him to empower you right now, everyone. Ask Him to empower you right now, everyone. Ask Him to empower you right now, everyone. Ask Him to empower you, everyone. Ask him to empower you, everyone. He said, Ye shall receive power when the Holy Ghost is come upon you. A sign that you have the Holy Spirit is that you have the power of the living God, the power for his service, the power for a living. The name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your hands, lift your voice. Ask him to give you that power. Ask him to give you that power. Ask him to empower you. 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 Ask him to release his power over your life. Ask him to release his power over your life. Ask him to release his power over your life. Ask him to release his power over your life, over your ministry, over your life, over your ministry, over your family, over the nation, over the church, the power of God. We give you praise for you've done it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity that we have in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Exodus 30 verse 23 Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh 500 shekels and of sweet cinnamon half so much even 250 shekels and of sweet calamus 250 shekels and of cassia 500 shekels all right, and after the shekel of the sanctuary and of all oil, olive, and hen, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment. And an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, and it shall be an holy anointing oil. Amen.
Now, this scripture, what is in the oil, is talking about the anointing that is placed on people that are serving the Lord. Amen. So, the anointing that is upon us is this anointing to serve the Lord. Now, in John chapter 14, you see verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So, you see here that Jesus was sharing the major difference that exists between the presence of God and the anointing. The presence of God is what it is. God is present. The anointing is power to do things. That's the difference. So, when you are anointed, you have some special power to do certain things. Are you with me? And when the presence of God is there, you have God present in your life. So you may have the presence of God, but you may not be anointed. The presence of God is the presence is present. It's present. Present absent. He dwelleth with you. But then he says, but he shall be in you. So when the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. And then he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Right. So the power comes after the person is there. All right. But the Holy Spirit was already with the disciples. He says, for he, he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you begin to have power to work for God. So from today, you can expect to be empowered to work for God.
there is a difference between the presence of the Lord and being anointed. Are you still around? Yeah. Fantastic. Exodus 33. Verse 14. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. So God's presence is something we look for. His presence gives rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, Carry us not up hands. Alright? So, the presence of God, very, very beautiful and important. Now, the presence of God is also the glory of God. In Exodus 33 verse 18, he said, Show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee and proclaim the name of the Lord and I'll be gracious. To whom I'll be gracious and I'll show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face for there shall no man see me and live. So when he said, show me your glory, he said, I won't show you my face. I will show you myself. So it means that his glory that Moses was asking for, his beauty, was actually his person. Do you see? His glory said, show me your glory. And he said, well, if I show you, you cannot see. You cannot live after that. So the beauty of God is in His presence. Not the anointing. Are you still around? There are different things. And I'm saying this. So that you. uh, Understand. The spices. In the oil. In Leviticus chapter 9, why is this thing on? We are not having a concert. Who is managing this? Somebody should answer my question. Now also, a bullock, Leviticus chapter 9. Let's read Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 4 together. I mean, well, not together, but like. Don't take it that seriously. Like, don't take it to World Cup. (laughs) 
Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 4. Also a bullock and a ram for peace offerings. To sacrifice before the Lord. And a meat offering mingled with oil. By the way, you can't serve God well without offerings. You can't serve God well without offerings and without money. Those of you who want to serve God just with patience, goodness, kindness, but no offering, holiness, but no offering. You can't serve God well without offerings. And he says, look at it, verse 4, beautiful. He says, for today, the Lord will appear unto you. The Lord. Amen. Verse 5. Then they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation. And all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. Now verse 6. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. So, in verse 4, he says, and the Lord shall appear unto you. You The Lord will appear, like he himself will appear. Then, he explained it a bit further in verse 6. He says, the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. The beauty of the Lord. So the beauty of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is really what you have when you have his presence in your life. But that is different. So, in Exodus 33 and verse 18, He said, show me thy glory. Then, what did he say? He's going to show him. He says, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. You see, the goodness of God. The beauty of God. His goodness. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord. So, the name of the Lord is part of his beauty. His goodness. His name. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. His mercies. So, the beauty of the Lord is found in his mercies, his goodness, and his name. All these are part of the wonders of the glory which Moses asked to see. You see the glory of God in your life. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, it's very important that you understand that all along, God has been with us. If God, God is with us, he will never leave us. He says, heaven or earth, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He is with us. Right? But, then there comes a time where he specifically 
empowers you or gives you power. Now, a lot of people are praying for the anointing, but anointing actually is quite specific. Anointing is quite a specific thing. As for the presence of God with us, the more of the presence of God we enjoy, the more of many good things we enjoy. But the anointing is for something, to do something. So if you want the anointing, it's not the anointing to just sit around and say, wow, today I am anointed. (laughs) Yes, it's for something. And you always notice that anointing is quite specific and God is quite specific. It's like God is running uh, a health service with different types of specialists that he's releasing different types of abilities. Alright? So, in this service, we are looking at the spices. Now, one of the first anointings that came on the church, Acts 1, 8, he said, you shall receive power, you see, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Alright, that's the empowerment. Now, you don't need this to go to heaven. You don't need this to go to heaven. You can go to heaven without it. Salvation is by the blood of Jesus. If you are washed by the blood of Jesus, you can get ready to go to heaven. When you get to heaven, the ticket which has been purchased, you see, the word redeemed, redeem is an old word for purchase. If, if it was our language today and the you were to meet somebody at Accra Mall. And ask, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going redeeming. It's like, I'm going shopping. You say, I'm going redeeming. I'm going to redeem. I'm going to redeem some, uh, something at Accra Mall. I'm going redeeming. It's an old word for buying. Do you understand? Redeem some wache. I've gone to redeem some kelewele. <laughs> yes. That is why you, you may wonder what all these different words mean when it comes to uh, the blood of Jesus. There are so many things he says we have been done for us by the blood of Jesus. Washed by the blood, forgiven by the blood, reconciliation by the blood, and redeemed by the blood. So redeem is like you were bought. So the ticket money and the ticket is the blood. Wow. So when you are going to the stadium or anywhere and they say, where is your ticket? You show. And we are having the same ticket. So you don't need to receive power to go to heaven. You need the blood of Jesus to be washed away from your sins. Now, you can go higher because there are distances from the throne. It's so far, when you are far from the throne, that section is called the outer darkness. It's outer. 
That is why you find parables and stories of people who were servants of God. And they were thrown into the outer darkness. When Rejoiner had his vision, he met the first person he met as he was advancing towards the throne. The throne was like the sun. It was very bright. But one of the first people he met was a Christian who did nothing after he was saved. And the guy told him that, look, it's one of the greatest mistakes to be saved and do nothing. It's the highest mistake you can make. And where he was, was so glorious. So Regina asked him that, and the guy told him, I'm in the outer darkness. And, the guy, and he said, but this place is glorious. He said, look, where you are going is so glorious. This place is, is darkness compared to where you are headed now toward the throne. Yeah, yeah. And when he got to the throne, it took a long time. If you, if you bother to read the book, The Final Quest, when he got there, he found so many people on the throne, including some, some kings and missionaries. It was a big one. And some women and some business people. Yeah. They were all on the thrones. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So you don't need this to go to heaven. But to do the work of God. Like if you are going to be involved in the army of the Lord. Hmm? Then you need some kind of power. Now, look at the Ghana armed forces. We have, I think, about 15 or less thousand soldiers in Ghana. A very small army. And... Um, I mean, we are 25 million people. 26 million. We have only between 10 and 15,000, of which a large percentage have gone on peacekeeping. No wonder. War is internal. In the nation. It's internalized war. Yeah. Now when you have a church. With few people joining the army. You have a a defenseless church. So God wants more people. To be in the armed forces. Of heaven. Are you interested in such a recruitment? Yes. The armed forces of heaven. And when you are part of the armed forces, he will have to give you a weapon or some weapons with which you will fight. Depending on the type. If it's the Navy, you have to have a ship. Some different things. RPGs. You know what RPGs? Rocket propelled grenade. Longer guns, bigger ones. Tanks. Depends what you are going to do. So for going from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth, power is given to the whole church. 
And when you receive, you have received power to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Amen. Power to go to the ends of the earth. Never complain about poverty when you are stuck in the mud, not going from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth because you have already received equipment and power and you are going nowhere. It's like you have taken the equipment, huh? And you are hoarding it. To do nothing under your bed. Are you with me? So, I hope you are still around. I'm preaching. I started talking about the presence of God. It's different from the anointing. He says he is with you. But shall be in you. Yes. And he comes into you when he comes on you. And the presence of God is different from the power to do things. The presence of God is he himself. And how he is like. If you, if you are with your spouse or your whatever. And he or she has a pot belly. The beauty of the belly is what you experience. Do you understand? Yes. It's part of the person. It goes with the person. <laughs> Are you still around? Then he gives you power. Power. For various things. Now. The principal spices. Or the main empowerments. That we find. That come upon those who want to serve God. Are five. But there are more. Recently I, did, I identified about 11 of them. In my, in my life. Yes. Actually I, had, I identified only 10. At the time I identified seven. Then I realized there were about 10. Then I recently found out that there were 11. As of now. So I pray about 11 of them. No, Why do I, why do I say 11? Because Jesus said... You know, he gave you five talents, ten talents, you know. He's not going to ask you for something he, he gave you. He will not ask you about it. I, mean, I feel sorry for singers who don't sing. I always tell them. Those who have musical gifts, they don't use them. They think they are what, whatever. Become bigger than music. I feel sorry for people who have gifts who don't use them. Because you will definitely have questions on that. If I was a dancer, if I was a dancer, my plan would be to dance till my bones can no more move. It's true. But you see that people seem to graduate out of their gifts. There's nothing like graduating out of your gift. There's something like backsliding out of it. But not graduating out. You don't graduate out of your gift. You backslide. You slide out. Are you still there? 
Now, one of the main spices is the spice of the apostle. And last week, I told you to go and watch Rumble. How many watched it? Did you see the apostle? Different from the shepherds. Amazing. So, it's beautiful. The um, um, what do you call it? The beautiful gift of the um, apostle. Now, you also have the spice. The next major spice. Is the prophets. And that is what I'm talking about. Today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 19. Now therefore you are no more. Strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. Now, It is important that you come greatly to respect the ministry of a prophet. Um, You know, every term, every religious name or title becomes uh, abused. And misused after a short while. So you find people being called by things that they are not. So even the genuine ones don't like being called by what they are. Prophet is a good example. People that are not prophets are called prophets. And pastor is also another one. People that are not pastors are called pastors. Even Christians. People who are not Christians are called Christians. Are you listening? Now, the prophet and the apostle are the big ones. They are bigger than the rest, teachers and evangelists and pastors. Yeah. They are big because the foundation, like the whole church, has a foundation made of these two guys, apostles and prophets. So they are the big ones. The apostles, what I was talking about last week, for those of you who are interested. And then the prophets. Now, the prophet, the term prophet, the spice of being a prophet, has been so overused, even I think by some of the writers in the Bible, sometimes, I don't know, that... At at different times, it means something a little different. But perhaps it's all true. 
Because a prophet is probably the most wide-ranging representative of God you can ever have. Do you see? Yeah. It's like a term doctor. There's so many things, you know. So many people are called doctor. Even economists who have nothing to do with medicine are calling themselves doctors. You even wonder whether they are jealous of the doctor and they just want to join something they are not. Uh, engineers and all, they are all doctors. They couldn't do science, but we are all doctors. <laughs> are you still here? Right. Now, I want you to uh, desire it. Because the Bible says, covet the best gifts. Amen. Amen. If you could not have it, I wouldn't be talking to you about it. There's no point. First, Genesis chapter 20. Verse 6. God said to him in a dream. Yea, I know that thou did this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Or God said, I prevented you from sleeping with her. This is where you learn the power of God on fornication. That it takes the power of God. To be delivered from fornication. Apart from your efforts. God help Abimelech. He never slept with Sarah. Even though she was in his house. You will escape every evil in Jesus name. Verse 7. Now therefore restore this man his wife. For he is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. Prophet Abraham. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, and all that are thine. This shows you that fornication can lead to death. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning. Many of us don't obey our dreams quickly. Sometimes following what your dream says can save your life. Abimelech rose early in the morning. Called his servants. And told all these things in their ears. And the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham. And said unto him. What hast thou done to us? What have I offended thee? And thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin. And thou hast done deeds unto me that thou ought not to be done. And eleven. And Abraham said, Because I thought, surely the fear of God 
is not in this place. And they will slay me for my wife's sake. Now, this shows you that not all people have faith. Sometimes you talk to people, you see that they don't have, they don't fear God. So you may be a man of God. You say, you are a man of God and so what? You are a man of God and so what? Nonsense. And you hear them talking in a way. Are you with me? Now notice. He is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee. This is one of the key blessings of a prophet. He shall pray for thee and thou shalt live because he is a prophet. He shall pray for thee and thou shalt live for he is a prophet. So, when God gives you a prophet, his prayer for you can cause you to live. He shall pray for thee. Thou shalt live. For he is a prophet. Alright? So honor your prophet. You see, and he said that reason I wasn't going to say that I'm a, who I am. Was because I thought you don't fear God here. You see, people who don't fear God, there is no need of saying you are a prophet. <laughs> so you are a prophet, and so what? You <laughs> don't have any fear of God. Introduce yourself to people who don't fear God, they will just rubbish you. Yes. I have experienced rubbish from mercy, people mercy, who, didn't, mercy. who didn't fear God because the fear of God was not in them. Yes. Something else will teach them the fear of God. Now, is it you who must recognize the prophet or the prophet who must recognize you? That's a very important question. Who benefits, listen, who benefits when you recognize the prophet? I'll show you. When Jesus came on this earth, remember the question he asked. Who do men say that I am? Or who am I? Alright? If you put up that scripture, Matthew 16. He said, who do men say that I am? I am. <laughs> they said, oh, you are Elijah. You are this, you are this, you are this. So then he said, he said to me, you. Peter, it's your turn. Answer. Who do you say that I am? Now then he answered. He says you are Christ. Or I recognize you as this. Now what is going to happen after that? Next verse is promotion. And blessing. As soon as you recognize. It's not the prophet who. You see you think that the prophet wants you to recognize it. So that his power will work. But the next. Then after you recognizing a prophet is you 
He says, blessed. The person was blessed at thou. Blessings come. And you see, many people in this church have not benefited from the anointing. When I say anointing, I don't mean the presence. Remember, I started by saying that it's not the presence of God, but the anointing of a prophet on my life. Because, not because I was not, but because they did not recognize, so they did not benefit. Because as soon as you recognize that this is Jesus, then he says you are blessed. And then number two, you are prom- you, are, you last week you were an ordinary disciple, but from today, based on your recognition and from the basis of your honoring, recognizing what I am in relation to you, if it's in relation to nobody else, you are now promoted to be a rock and the head of the whole church forever. Yes. So Abraham wasn't so keen to introduce himself. He was a prophet. He had been having visions. God had been speaking to him. God had even sent him. But he didn't want to because the fear of God was not in the people. Sometimes it takes some things to happen for them to mature and to have the fear of God. And when that happens, then they realize, wow, this is a prophet. And when you do, it's not the prophet who benefits. The prophet doesn't need you. You need the prophet. When God sends somebody, you are the one who needs the prophet. That's why he sent you into you. That's why Jesus in different places could do nothing. Because they did not believe. Jesus, the Bible says in Mark 6 that he marveled at their unbelief. At the beginning of the year, the Charismatic Bishops Conference gave a prophecy. And there were four things. One of them was um, about arm robbery. You see, I can produce a string of people, widows and children. I can produce them in front of you. People whose husbands were murdered in front of them. Yes. By armed robbers in Ghana. But you see, people don't respect. And, and that is... So people have a great fear. A great fear. Like how they fear a snake. Because if a people suspect that's a snake, that will be it. They would attack it. People don't respect. You see, where there is no fear of God, you hear people speaking in a certain way. So the prophet will not introduce himself. But if you fear, you will see. There are four things. And all the four will happen. As they, as they, one, two, three, four. If they don't, as they don't do it, you will see. Case of multiply.
So, what I'm saying is that your respect and fear of a prophet and of the anointing. What, what, what do you mean by a prophet? You see, when, you, when God sends you, it's into two worlds. Some believe, some don't believe. And those who believe, they believe in grades. So when Moses was going, he said, how oh, will I know the people who believe me? They won't believe me. He had a long argument. They won't believe me. They won't believe me. They won't believe me. They won't believe, they won't believe me. Like that. Because you can't tell how people, they can even kill you when you introduce yourself. <laughs> you saw how they challenged Moses. Even after taking them to the Red Sea. I mean, they challenged him till he died. In fact, it was one of the challenges that made him make a mistake in his ministry. You know? So, brothers and sisters, uh, he will pray for you. So, I want you to believe, you know, this morning, when I was coming to church, I wanted to preach the word. But I wanted to pray for the uh, people more than I wanted to preach. Yes. It's because of their prophetic anointing. Even though I was coming to preach, I wanted to bless the children and the people more than I wanted to preach. Yes. The, the, the word that was ringing in my heart was the cup of blessing. The cup of blessing. Yes. You know, and also, you know why? Because as time passes by, you know, anybody who is a spirit, you can ask any of our Greater Love members, the Greater Love members, anybody who is a little greater. <laughs> it's not easy to prosper. It's not easy to prosper. Take it from me. And it takes the blessing of the Lord. You see, so now I really want people to be blessed. And I want the blessing of the Lord on their lives. And I want you to do more things that bring blessings. Anything that releases a blessing, do it more. Do it more. Do it more. That the blessing of the Lord will be on your life. Hallelujah. He will pray for you because he is a prophet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still there? So, we carry on. The prophetic spice. Exodus chapter 7. Verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron thy brother to be thy prophet. I have made you a God. And Aaron. 
be your you Moses, your prophet, a prophet of Moses. <laughs> now this this is perhaps one of the nice and easy revelation of what is a prophet. You see, when he said he will be your uh, prophet, I've made you God a God. They see you watch. You are God. <laughs> and your your senior brother, because it's not by age. Forget it. Never think of age. You see, when it comes to spiritual things, it's not by age. Don't think of I came before you, you came before me, I was appointed before you. How old are you? How old are you? Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. I will make Aaron your prophet. So it's like his PRO, public relations officer, spokesperson, representative. So a prophet is a representative of God to you. So whenever Mo- Aaron spoke to Pharaoh, he was saying what Moses was saying. God had made Moses a god. When Aaron speaks, it's like joke with the God. He will send flies, he will send, and every time he made a mistake with Aaron's words, I tell you, more plagues, flies, frogs, his business, hell, everything was wiped out. You see, people don't prosper many times because they don't fear. When the prophet or the spokesperson of the owner of lies, lies, hell, death, and life is speaking, you have to believe. You know, one day there was a, 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 a pastor and he was in a great difficulty, very great difficulty. But the difficulty was such that I couldn't speak to him directly. And I didn't want to. So what I decided, but I wanted to help him. So I called one of my pastors and I told him, I'm going to do all these things for this person. I had a long list of two days. Involved a lot of money and a lot of arrangements. And I sent him, I said, never mention my name. Tell him that he should go I told him where he should go. And I have prepared something for him there. So I sent my prophet. And I told him, he told him what I said. Go here. And there you will find whatever it is. He did not believe it. Yes. He did not believe it. (laughs) That's how it is. He did not believe the person. Years later, I met him. I told him, do you remember when uh, the pastor came to you and he told you this? Is, I, told, I said, I, said I, was the, I was behind. I was the financier of that thing. Yes. But no, but he didn't believe it. So when you reject the prophet, you are calling upon yourself many, many cases. And when Jesus Christ was killed, and crucified 
by the people that he loved. Eh? 70 years later, the whole of Jerusalem where he was killed. You know, when we go to Jerusalem, you see. You'll be there, you'll be there, you'll be there, you'll be there. there. Always, always believe it. Always believe it. Today I met a lady. I asked her, you know, where are you staying? And she showed me her house. And I said, but I didn't know you have a house. She said, but every day you say you are blessed. You have been saying you are blessed since 1992 when I knew you. Why would I not have a house there? So I say you'll be in Jerusalem. For sure you'll be there in Jesus' name. Now in that small geographical little old town, Jesus was crucified. But for crucifying the prophet, there has never been a city that has suffered so much, even up to today. Yes. They say blood ran in Jerusalem like the blood was running like a river in Jerusalem. In AD 70. Since AD 70, there has been nobody living there. And when you go there, when, when we go to Jerusalem, you see the different temples. Like when you stand at um, uh, the, the Lion Gate, you go further down to the Golden Gate. When we stand at the Golden Gate, you can see the Mount of Olives. You see different churches. Built on the Mount of Olives. Different where Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem. And they built a church there. Why did you not listen when it was the time of your visitation? Where Jesus stood, ascended to heaven. Every place they built a church there. But these churches are from different centuries. <laughs> the different types of people who were there. You know, one town has been trodden over by every group you can imagine. British, Palestinians. Uh, Byzantine, Romans, French, everybody has been there before as the owner. It was only 1947, after the Second World War, that for the first time they tried, they got a foothold in Jerusalem. Up to now, they said, when you go to Jerusalem, you see half are Jews and half are Palestinians. Don't joke. And he stood and prophesied, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you will not, I came to walk amongst you. I came to speak wonderful words. You wouldn't want to have anything to do with what I say. You, you took me as a fool. I said, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor, blessed are, you rather caught me. You caught me and crucified me. Rubbish me. Nakeded me. Took me to Kepha's house. Beat me up. Took me, locked me up. Took me and joined me to criminals. Thieves and armed robbers and added me and took me up there and nailed me. Now you've got to be careful. People don't know when a prophet is speaking because it doesn't come in the way you... Th- is it one of the sulia that Jesus performed? Do you understand sulia? If you don't understand, see somebody after church and ask him, what is the meaning of sulia? You know, when they pass the ball through your leg, it's sulia. One of the sulia that Jesus performed was to be born in a stable. Yeah. 
On the 14th of May this year, I was in a town called Chokwe in Mozambique. And we had the crusade at a place where they were rearing animals. It was... So after I saw some people had brought cakes, you know, I don't know who they, they were, but they had brought cake that they say is my birthday. I said, how can you bring a cake here? The place was smelly. You know, if you ever look after cows, eh, you cannot imagine cows, goats, every animal, the place was smelly. So I finished, I mean, I said I should cut the cake and they were all in the dark place there. Yes. So I said, no problem. But later on, I thought about it that I celebrated my birthday in the same manger environment. That, that was the environment in which Jesus was born. Manger environment. You wouldn't expect an important person to be having his birthday or being born in for the, for the for the for the for that matter in such a place. It's a powerful Sulia. And Satan never expected something like that. Yes. So as Jesus was preaching, blessed are the, the meek, there was a certain man. He had two sons preaching. One, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good we followed to me. They were looking at him. The Pharisees were. Then there was a certain rich man. He was clothed in purple and fine linen. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. He was preaching. And it came to pass that the, the beggar died. And was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. They were looking at him. What type of preaching is this? It's the, they, they, look, they look at the crowd as the crowd will open their mouth. Simple people were impressed. The Pharisees were annoyed. They were jealous. They had never seen congregations that are so wrapped in attention to listen to the say to somebody. They have not seen some before. Then he saw a certain man, a certain man at a wedding. <laughs> and there were ten virgins who were coming to the wedding. Five were wives and five. What type of preaching is this? A certain man was going to Jericho. And he was caught by thieves. Then afterwards came a Pharisee. Then after that came a Levite. Then a Samaritan came. And he came and took the man and poured in the oil and the wine. And took him to the inn and said, look after him. When I come back, I'll pay all the rest. What type of preaching? Stupid man. You are Jesus and so what? Arrest him. Be careful with the prophets. You know, the woman who had been fornicating. I'm not trying to encourage fornication, but I want to say that. The sins of the flesh, don't let it discourage you too much. You see, this woman was a strange woman, basically. Five husbands, and you can't imagine the number of girlfriends, boyfriends. She told Jesus, when Jesus told her, you have a, I perceive you are a prophet. I can see that you are a prophet. 
So the prophetic spice is a special, but it's probably the most dangerous. Yeah, it's the most dangerous. So anytime somebody is a prophet, be a bit careful. It's like a father. Not everybody is a father, not every man of God. Even prophets, some are fathers, some are not fathers. But prophets, be careful with them. Because you stand a chance of serious trouble. When Aaron spoke, warning the Pharaoh, please let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. What type of man is this? And Moses himself wasn't speaking. He said, see, Exodus 71, see, I've made thee a God. <laughs> you will be bringing flies. You will be bringing frogs. That's the God part of. You will be doing magic. So, I'm just saying this for how you ought to relate with a prophet. Before I give you the other side, turn to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 13. Deuteronomy. 13, verse 1. If there arise among you a prophet or an alternative to a prophet is a dreamer of dreams. Watch out for those who dream. Now, when you have too many dreams, it's not good. You, your, your dream mustn't be too much. In a multitude of dreams, it's vanity. So when you see somebody's like, I've so many, every day. No, it's not this. How many dreams did Joseph have? How many dreams, how many prophecies do people have? Yeah. Back to... Deuteronomy. It's just one verse I want you to see, but notice this. And it gives you a sign or a wonder. Verse 2. And the sign of the wonder come to pass. Where have you spoken to this saying? Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Verse 3. Thou shalt not hearken to the words of that prophet. So you see that when God was beginning to teach people about prophets, the first thing he taught them, this is the first teaching on prophets, like actual teaching, was carefulness with false prophets. So sometimes people don't even get the opportunity to preach about prophets because they just end up talking about, warning about false prophets because it's so much. Hmm? Yes, next verse, verse 3. All that dream of thee, for the Lord your God proves thee to see whether you love the Lord with all your heart. Verse 4. You shall walk after the Lord and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You see, and cleave to God. 
A prophet is not God, but he is a representative of God. Verse 5. Notice. Notice. Now, that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from God. You see, people who turn you away from God, from God, God, or turn you to themselves, according to this scripture, must be put to death. Because he has spoken to turn you away from your God. So one of the things you can know when a prophet is a true prophet is that he's turning you towards God. He's turning you towards God. You can use it as a litmus test. And ask yourself, you know litmus test, those of you did science, art students may not understand. Litmus test is something that we use to determine acidity and alkalinity, please. Those art students, you know, art students, I want to be jabbing them because they are the ones going to be rich later on. They're going to be in the banks earning a lot of money after the science students have suffered for years. (laughs) Now, Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 5. He says, don't let anybody turn you away from God. So, I want you to judge me by this test. Am I making you go towards God or even towards me? Or towards Away from God. This is, is how you have to assess. Yes. It's a powerful way of testing. You can test whether I'm uh, a prophet. Good prophet or not. Yes. No, no. I'm showing you. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not here. I don't need fans. I don't need fans. I don't need fans. You know I don't need fans. Yes. This is the verse that you use to know whether somebody is a prophet from God. Is he bringing you towards God? Or is bringing you towards money, towards himself, towards something else? Yes. A prophet is not somebody who is like a magician just trying to do little tricks to get things and to One day I was on a flight and uh, I was speaking to somebody who supposed to be a rich man. And uh, what are they saying? <laughs> no, you can never tell whether somebody is really rich or not. So you know how much he's owing. <laughs> it's also a litmus test. <laughs> Art student, you don't understand litmus. 
after church. Google it, okay? All art students. Listen. And I was talking to him about something. I think it was about orphans or something that we're looking after. Then he started to speak. I thought he was, initially I thought he was rebuking me. He said, look at what you are asking me. Look at what you are asking me. You are telling me about orphans. And I was wondering, now, what, what is he going to say? Then he said, he took his phone. He said, look at. And he showed me, he said, a prophet, I met a prophet. He gave me a word and he said, buy me one Toyota, whatever, and one four-wheel drive. I mean, he showed it to me, I read it. Buy me one whatever and one this and you are going to have this miracle by this time. He gave him. And he said, you are talking about orphans. And he was trying to say that I was genuine. You know how it is. When people see you, they try to tell you you are genuine. Yeah. But he showed he showed he kept his word. He said various things and he kept his word. Unlike most people. But the point that I'm making is you have somebody who is just trying to do a little bit of magic and collect something from you. And is he bringing you towards God or away from God? Or towards himself or towards money or towards. You don't know what is he. Is he a prophet who will turn you away from your God? You shall be put to death. Numbers 22. We'll be ending with a real prophet there. Numbers 22. Now, the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab. I'm showing you something, a prophetic spice, and I'll lead you and leave you to pray for it all your life. Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And he was afraid. Verse 3. Balak. Now Moab said to the elders of Midian. These people are going to lick us up. In verse 4. As the ox licketh up the grass on the field. Now Balak was the king of the Moabites. You know I'm sure you always hear the word Balak and Balaam. Balak with the K is for the king. He was the king of Moab. So he said, these people are going to lick us up. So he sent messengers to Balaam, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people to call him, saying, there's a people coming out of Egypt and they abide over against me. Verse 6, come over now and I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure, I shall prevail that we might smite them. 
Amen. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came to Balaam and spake to him the words of Balak, the king of Moab. And he said to them, okay, stay here. You see, people who like money are always tempted with money. It will always be a temptation for you, even when you are in the ministry. You have to be cured of a certain love for money. Spend a night. If it was somebody, he would have said, when you see me, do you think you can charm me with these gifts you have brought? Lest I send lions to slay thee in this moment. Depart and let me never see your face again. But a prophet who loves money will say, have somewhere to sleep. Let me think about it. And let me pray about it. Wow. And God came to Balaam, verse 9. Not the devil, God. You know, Balaam has been presented as the quintessential false prophet. Quintessential false prophet means science students, you don't understand this word quintessential. You know? Buy a dictionary because those of you who did science, you don't understand all the English. Like the classical or classic example, model, model, false prophet. Okay? And Balaam said, God came to Balaam. And Balaam said, the king of Moab, he says, I should speak to them. I should curse them. Verse 12, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Wow. Verse 13, and Balaam rose up in the morning and said to the princess of Balak, get you into your land. For the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. He says, it's not me, it's the Lord. I'm ready to come. You know how it is. You know the old man, you know. This disloyalty. Disloyalty. You know how. You know our man. You know our man. He said, I shouldn't go. So, Charlie. And the princess of Moab went, rose, they went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And Balak sent again princes more and more honorable, like higher ranking minister of a great minister of defense, minister of interior, minister of both roads and highway, they were all sent. <laughs> And they came to Balaam and they said, that says Balak, come, don't let anything work. I will promote thee with very great honor. And I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come and curse these people. Verse 18. Now this is why Balaam is a confusing um, personality. Because he really mixed the good and the evil. 
which is something that happens with many prophets. You see different spirits operating in many prophets at the same time. Yeah. That's why we have on television prophets arguing with each other over who is going to win the election. In Ghana, people give money to prophets to I don't know whether prophesy or bless or curse or predict. And they also receive it. To prophesy and to curse and to bless. But he said, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord. Now, anyway, you stay tonight. (laughs) You see, he says the right thing and he does the wrong thing. And God came to Balaam at night and said, And to if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. Yet the word which I shall say unto you, thou shalt do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. For he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. Now, you must be careful of the permissive will of God. When God says, okay, go, go. Okay, do what you want. You must be careful when your father says, okay. Do whatever you want to do. Or where he has no comment anymore about anything. You know, personally, I I don't believe in conflict, quarrels. My highest form of conflict with you is to not not talk about anything anymore. That's, I'm at the high, I'm at the peak. That's my highest. I have nothing to say about it anymore. Then I'm at my peak. I just be with you. I don't like. No, 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 no. So God said, go, go, go. But he, he wasn't happy with him. So when he was going, you know, he gave a donkey visions you know there is a point at which you are stupid and an ass has to rebuke you so the bible says he saw the ass and turned aside out of the way alright and his sword drawn the angel was standing like this and the ass ran away and Balaam smote. Hey. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path by the vineyards. Wall on this side, wall on that side. Hey. When the uh, ass was coming, then 
I think we should get an ass to put in Mampo to remind us of this Balaam. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, every animal you see on the campus, it has a mystery around it. What is this animal doing here? We had a camel, but we were warned by some people that the camels are very dangerous. They can bite you and so on. So we had to send it to the zoo. That's why we, but it was also there to show that it's very difficult for a rich man to go to heaven. (laughs) Verse 25. Now, when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust into the wall and hit Balaam's foot against the wall and he lashed her again. Hey! 26. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn left or to the right. Aha, now you see Pepe. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down. You see, when a horse, there's a, when a horse doesn't want to go, well, it has to be a very clever horse. We had one horse like that called Lucifer in, in Burma camp. You know, and when he doesn't want to go, he will roll. Like you are riding, you, you go down on the ground and roll. Yes. Few people could ride that horse. Yes. Verse 28. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. And she said, the mouth, the ass started to speak. Miracles were happening around this man. Instead of saying, how how do asses uh, 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 speak? The ass started to speak. Ah, You are told I've been serving you all these years. What have I done? The ass was speaking English. (laughs) May an ass never speak English to you. What have I done to you that you have smitten me these three times? Ah, that's 29. And Balaam said to the ass, because thou hast mocked me, if there was a sword in man, I would have killed you right now. And the ass said unto Balaam, am I not thine ass? Am I, am I not thine ass? Upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was unto thine unto this day, was I ever known to behave that way? And Balaam started talking to the ass. He said, nay, nay. <laughs> No, please. And the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel. You see, this is a prophet. He's the gift there, Charlie. The gift. Yeah. Even when he was not seeing his, the gift was, the anointing fell on his, his donkey. The donkey was under the anointing to see angels. Back, let's see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing and he bowed down on his his head and fell down flat on his face. Amazing. Is it not amazing? So, here you see a very, very accurate prophet. He hears from God. 
He sees things which others don't see. And it takes the opening of eyes. Are you there? Now, Numbers 24, verse 1. And I'm going to say this one thing, and I'm going to leave you to pray about it for the rest of your life. Not only was Balaam a a false prophet, but he was also a real prophet. He was both. He was a real prophet, but he did some bad things, or he was a bad person who did some good things, depending on how you look at it. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as at other times to seek for enchantments, but he set his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam lifted his eyes and saw Israel abiding in his tents according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Verse 3, then he began to speak about himself. Verse 3, he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor has said, and the man whose eyes are open has said. You see, he introduced his real credentials. A man whose eyes are open. That is a prophet. And verse 4. He has said, which heard the words of God. Which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. May you be called one of the people whose eyes are open. Amen. May you be called one of the people whose eyes are open. Now, what did Jesus say to the Pharisees? You blind leaders. Blind. Blind leaders. Blind. You can't see. No, it's in Matthew 15 or 16. You blind leaders. So, blindness is the opposite. They are blind leaders. Blind leaders. Blind leaders. It's one of the few places in the Bible which use the word leaders. A leader is blind. You can't see. When Kwame Nkrumah was in power, he was unaware of the trouble that was in Ghana. So, one of the things he did when he donated money to Guinea, it was one of the things that struck the people that this man is not aware of the difficulties that are in the country. For him to be donating also how many million dollars to Guinea or to, or to, uh, to uh, Malaysia or Korea, one of those places. <laughs> and he was very confident and then went on a trip to Hanoi. It was not unaware of what's really... Like most of them, you can see. The NDC people, they were so shocked to lose power. They were shocked. Can't see. And people were equally shocked when they went out of power eight years ago. 
blindness can't see. Now when it comes to the ministry, people can't see the word. You know, when, when I preach about loyalty, a lot of pastors in Ghana mock me. They are all admitting it. They have admitted at different times what I could see. And I've noticed, even now, I've noticed people who have been preaching a lot about money have started doing soul winning. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and church planting. Soul winning and church planting now. Like, I can mention at least three huge ministries that have shifted their, their shifting from money, 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 money to soul winning, churches, church planting. Yeah. Amazing. You see, blindness, even in the ministry, is a very serious thing. Blind leaders. And Balaam introduced himself as the man whose eyes are open. And their eyes are open in different ways. Now, there are people, eh, as we are speaking now, and they look on stage, they will see people standing there. I've had it happen a number of times to me. Now, I, I, I wouldn't see them. One time I was having a camp, and there was a lady sitting in front there. She was just crying. So after, I said, why are you crying? She said, do you see the chairs on the stage? He said, Jesus was sitting in the chair watching me. I was going up and down. He was watching me. I was going, and she was just weeping. She was just watching. There are people, I tell you, their eyes are open in a way that the rest of us don't have our eyes or God has not decided to open our eyes in that way they just see it yeah they see things it's another way of seeing you see there are many definitions of it actually one of the most interesting words to ever check if you, if you don't mind to do the homework go and look for the word see in the dictionary and you see I'll give you several pages <laughs> what it means to see it means a lot Sometimes to see means to know. Sometimes to see means to understand. I see. I see. It means I understand, I know. Sometimes I see means I can see something else. Yeah. He whose eyes are open. Falling into a trance, but his eyes are open. But perhaps the most dramatic was a lady who called me you know, I've never been to a church except once where the pastor called me after and rebuked me, he and his wife together. And they were angry with my preaching. Yes. They were angry with my preaching. But I think it was the next day. It was the next day. Yeah. Who was with me? (laughs) I preached about healing, miracles, whatever. I I don't know what I preached about, but there there was a miracle session. There was an old lady. She must be dead by now. She was 70-something or 80-something years old. White lady. 
And after we finished with the, the pastor had a tent, so we were sitting there. And she, she said, Come here, you come. Well, when an old lady calls you like that, you have to go. So when she called me, she said, Sit down. You were not with me when I, I sat with her. Oh, you were there. Yeah, but when you saw her calling me, but you were not to- with her when she was talking to me. Yeah. You, you heard you were with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, what, what did she say? Come. She said that um, she, her eyes are open to see. And she sees the spirit realm just like she sees physical things. Three dimensions. Yes. And then she said, I remember, Claire, because I was sitting on this and you were sitting by her gray-haired lady. White, white lady. It was the, the okay, I was going to say that the, the, the church was not a white church, anybody, okay? And uh, anyway, then she said, Do you know that when you preach, Jesus walks with you? Do you know that when you preach, Jesus walks up and down with you? And Bishop, you know, with his innocent disposition, said, Oh, well, I didn't know. She said, Oh, it's true. And she said, It's very rare. It's very rare. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know you were there. I didn't know you were there. <laughs> yeah. There are people, and she told me, she said, I see pictures like three dimensions, like I hold, it's like something you hold. That's what she told me. She told me, what I see is like physical, it's not like. Maybe you close your eyes and you see something. No, she's like, I see it mixed with the three dimensions. That's what she said. She, she really tried to explain to me the type of visions that she has. It's like how you are standing there, see another person in three dimensions real. It's no, no, yeah. And she said that when you were preaching, Jesus was walking behind you, up and down. And she told me it's a very rare thing. Because she sees a lot. I said it's very rare. Maybe God sent her only to say those words. The day before, I had been rebuked terribly. <laughs> but not for encouragement, really, but for today, because of today. You see, there are some of you, God is going to give you that gift. And when it's on you, when it's on you, that is it. Yes. Yes. When it's on you, it's on you. Now watch out for people who see something every two seconds. You know? Let's be serious. You have to be serious. How many visions did Paul have? Jesus himself. Transfiguration. That was it. And maybe the temptation. Yeah. Even Peter was not welcome when Mary Magdalene was there. So, those who claim every moment, hey, you come, this, I've seen this, you come, this, I see this, you I come, watch out, compare with the Bible pattern. I love Kenneth Hagin, you know, he, he would say, so I've had eight visions since 1952, Jesus appeared to me from 1950 to 1958, after that, the last vision he told me, I won't, I won't appear to you like this again. He told him, I won't come, you have to trust me like everybody else. That was it. <laughs> and he died in 2003. 2006. So from 1958 to 2006 he died. Yeah, vision free. 
A very great prophet. And he's the greatest prophet I know of. I mean, the people I follow, they are the greatest to me. <laughs> and I've never heard of, seen, a, the nearest would come to it was this other prophet who was actually around. He was also called Kenneth. He was in the time of Jesus. Uh, Jesus walked through the congregation. Everybody saw. And he came onto the stage. Everybody saw him. Yes. He walked through the congregation. And came to the stage. Lay hands on whatever. And then I think disappeared on the stage. Something like that. Fantastic. This is also called Kenneth. No, I mean, that was something. Yes. Your ministry is nice. Your ministry is nice. Your ministry is nice. Now, one or two visions is all you need. The whole life changes by one or two visions. <laughs> Especially that you believe. Yes. You believe. Yeah. You know, when I shared my testimony, from today you can teach. Carries me. Carries me. Carries me. My visions. I wrote a book, but I won't, I won't publish it now. But I wrote a book. It's already published. In my, I have it in my room. The visions that have changed my life. Yes. They were turning point. Visions. It changed my life. I believe in visions. I believe in visions. But there are, there are higher, there are higher levels for Jesus to walk into your room. No, can I take him describe it? I listened to that story. And I picture, I try to imagine where he was lying. He said, he said he took a chair, came and sat on my left side. And pulled the chair by the bed. And said I could have touched him like this. And he said that my hair wanted to stand in was it? And he said, I've come to talk to you about yesterday. Something that happened. What happened in church? Jesus is here. I said, Jesus is here. And your eyes are declared open from today. You never be called a blind leader anymore. Never. Never. All prayer warriors, always pray for your eyes. Lord, anoint my eyes. Give me visions. Give me dreams. He said, if the Lord raise up a prophet or a dreamer, of dreams amongst you. A dreamer of dreams amongst you. May you enjoy supernatural dreams and visions of different types. Yes. You are moving from two-dimensional to three-dimensional visions. Now, before I close, I want to say something. One of the things that I've noticed is um, the best I can liken it to is the musical gift. If you don't have it, you don't have it. You know, somebody like Bishop Oku has that gift. If um, let's say Ida wants to sing anything or Danny Boy, these type of people, they have it. Anything they can sit behind a piano and play. They've never 
heard it before. They've never practiced. They just play. And there are eight keys. And five black notes as well. They, they just flow. They just, it's, they, they have it. The ear is something. That's what Andre Crouch, Andre Crouch had. If you have it, you have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Ida has it. That's what she can say. You need to hear very well to sing well. People who can't hear well can't sing well. It's like deaf and dumb. You need to hear to speak. Without hear, Those who can't speak usually can't hear. They can't hear. That's why they can't speak. It's all silent. Use us, Lord, to help those who can't hear Jesus. It's like that with seeing. If you can see, you can see. It's, 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 it's there or it's not there. And God is giving it to you. Amen. Lift your hands. From today, pray for the spirit of revelation and the spirit of open eyes that through your prophetic gift, many deliverances will be ministered to God's people for all time. Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. Thank God right now, everyone. Thank God right now. Thank God right now. Thank God right now. Thank God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I was telling you something I, I didn't quite finish. What I was saying was that when I see people who have these musical gifts who don't use it, I see the parallel in the prophetic. There are people who have fantastic gifts to see. You know, there's a reason why God chooses people to see. Like Mary Magdalene. He didn't choose even Peter. But these people, they don't use it. Many people don't. One day the Lord was encouraging me. He said, maybe you haven't seen me in the way some people claim to have seen me. But look at what I have done through you. Many of the people who claim to have seen you have done little. Blessed is he, and he gave me the scripture, that I have not seen, but yet they believe. From today, whatever gift is yours, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow out of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thanks a million for many prophets. I send them out of this room, Lord, as prophets of the Lord. As seers. As visionaries, Lord. Blindness is no more found in their lives. 
But the blessing of the Lord is upon their eyes. And they shall be introduced as men and women whose eyes are open. In the name of Jesus. Thanks. Now Lord, as we go out of this place. We go with your presence, but also the anointing of the prophets. Power to be a prophet. To serve God with joy and with gladness. Thanks a million in Jesus mighty name. Give the Lord thanks everyone. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You see visions. You see things. For your eyes are now open. You begin to see them walking. Walking in the dark alleys of the spirit world. The animals. The creatures. The dogs. The cats, the spiritual beds, and serpents, and dragons, the horses, the spiritual horses that carry death and life. For your eyes are open now. You shall see angels, mighty angels, bringing deliverance, bringing help, bringing supplies. You shall see the mighty Holy Spirit moving and you recognize him as he walks in your midst. You will see Jesus sitting on the throne walking in your midst just as he promised. Your days of looking at dark black screens dark emptiness with nothing to see are over you are declared to be a prophet of the Lord by the gift that operates in you dreams are released angels are released visions are released signs and wonders are released by the mighty spirit of the Lord receive the prophetic spice receive the prophetic spice Receive the prophetic spies and join the prophets of the law, the representatives of Jehovah. Whatever you have lacked, whatever you have been shut off by reason of blindness and inability to see and perceive and to know and to understand and to observe, Receive a healing and a restoration of your life. By the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus Christ the Savior. I see an oil coming from a heaven. Oil that is thickened with the spice. is hitting your forehead now. It's hitting your forehead now. It's hitting your forehead now. Receive the spice and the oil. 
in the name of Jesus. Now, through your ministry, you shall no longer go with blindness. Malo Silama. Your eyes are open. You shall see beyond. Like Jesus, you shall not judge after the seeing of your earthly eyes or the hearing of your earthly ears. But you shall see. You shall see ants. Spiritual mosquitoes. Spiritual viruses and bacteria. Spiritual poisonings. Demonic influences. Demon beds. Demon vultures. Demon albatross beds. That are hovering over people's lives. Ghosts and phantoms that are roaming the earth. Disconnected and disconnected spirits that are roaming from cemeteries. Roaming all over the place. Spirits of fear. Spirits of the dead. Spirits from the underworld. Familiar spirits. Unclean devils. Flying creatures. Dragons. You shall see and rebuke them. You shall see them and confront them. You shall see them and overcome them by the name of Jesus and by the prophetic powers released in your life. Whatever represents a cow spirit, whatever represents a horse, whatever represents a lion, strong and bold and daring in your life, I cast it today in the name of Jesus. Your eyes are open now. Your eyes are open now. Whatever is in your house, whatever is in your area, whatever is moving around in your dwelling place, that is not supposed to be there. By the open eyes of the prophet and by the name of Jesus, I banish it from your house and from your life in Jesus' name. Your eyes are declared open. Whatever is coming your way, whatever is moving towards you, slowly but surely, I declare it blocked today in Jesus' name by the powers of the Most High. It cannot advance anymore in Jesus' name. You are declared covered by the presence of Jehovah, by the powers of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Most High God. You are delivered from snares of death and desolation and darkness in Jesus' name. Anything that is airborne, waterborne, moving on land, antelope spirits, fast spirits and slow spirits, receive divine words of knowledge and discernment of spirits to identify and destroy all alien advances against your soul, against your life, against your ministry, against your office in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents a ghost, a phantom, a dead man, a dead woman, a dead person come back to life to torment you, to harass you over a chair and a seat. I curse it now in Jesus' name. I command your deliverance and escape from wicked powers 
of the underworld and the dark world in the name of Jesus. By the powers of the force of prophecy, you are declared to be a fighter. You are declared a, a fighter with open eyes, a fighter with open ears, a fighter with signs and wonders, a fighter with dreams and visions, a fighter with eyes that see, a fighter with eyes that see by the powers and the prophetic force of the Lord on your life. In the name of Jesus. Spirits from the seas and the oceans. Mummy water spirits and mermaids. Leviathan spirits. Dragons from the sea with seven heads and ten heads. I cut off the heads in the name of Jesus. Anything that is chasing you with more than one head, I command the head to be removed now in the name of Jesus. And the prophet said, and I saw a beast arising out of the sea. Whatever has arisen out of the sea that has targeted you, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, I cancel every long-term plan, short-term plan that is coming against you in the name of Jesus. No, no. I said 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 no. 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 I block it now in Jesus' name. I block the advance of death. I block the advance of the curse. I block the advance of the devil. I block the advance of the dragon. I block the advance of the bats, the flying creatures against your life in the name of Jesus. From the hinterland, from the sea, from faraway lands, coming for your life. I overturn the horse and the rider in the name of Jesus. We intercept every ballistic missile coming against you in the name of Jesus. Now, I see a deep hole that has been dug for you. But by the power of the most height of that overshadows us tonight, I command the hole to be filled in Jesus' name with the dead bodies of your enemies in Jesus' name. You are blessed, and what is blessed cannot be cursed anymore. 
you are blessed receive the blessing of Jehovah the blessings of the Father the blessings of the heavens the blessings of the deep the blessings of the breast and the blessings of the womb you lack nothing in this life because of the blessing of Jehovah over your life declare today in the name of Jesus you shall live and not die you shall live and not die your eyes are open there is no enchantment against Jacob there is no juju there is no enchantment there is no libation there is no spell there is no curse there is no word there is no spoken idea no opinion that will prosper against you from today in the name of Jesus Christ receive it in Jesus name all contrary imaginations and opinions that are formed against you to resist you to resist your advance in this life and ministry I cast them in the name of Jesus receive a free way and a free passage receive a safe passage with an envoy of angels divine and heavenly security for every journey by land by sea by air receive the power of God and the grace of God over your life You'll never be in need again and never in the lack of anything in this life in Jesus mighty name give God thanks your hands all forms of shortages all forms of shortages in your life shortage of milk shortage of bread shortage of water shortage of money shortage of petrol shortage of any kind lift your hand and give thanks that whatever is declared a shortage has now become too much for you in the name of Jesus Christ no more shortages you are healed in Jesus name you are set free in the name of Jesus hallelujah give the Lord thanks everybody just thank the Lord thank the Lord Genesis 20, 
and verse 7. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. He shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. I believe this prophecy is fulfilled today by the prayers, the blessings. The interceptions and interventions. Your life is worth living. You see good things and better days. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For audio CDs, DVDs, books, and other resources by Dykewood Mills, please visit our website at www.dykewoodmills.org. God richly bless you.